are the Rookie Phenoms. We have an amazing show for you today. I'm your host, Coop, with my main man, Webb. What up, people? We have so much to get into today. We are going to break down another entire division in the NFL, and someone got paid some big money. Webb, are you ready for today's show? Always almost ready. That is the most accurate you've ever been in the show's history. Well done. Thank you. Let's start with Jamal Adams. He has been out at camp this year. He has not practiced. He had a contract dispute with the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks famously traded two first-round picks to get him last season. They finally rewarded him. Four-year contract, $70 million, with $38 million guaranteed. He's the highest-paid safety in the league. Do you like this deal for the Seahawks or for Adams more? I think I like it for Jamal Adams more than the Seahawks. Um, I think Jamal Adams is a great player. I know you love him too. At least you thought he was great on the Jets. And I just don't know how good he was on Seattle. Like, I think he, I think he was fine, but obviously, like, uh, you know, it was a, a new team. He was getting adjusted to a new scheme, new coaches, all that stuff. So, like, I can't hold that against him. I just don't know how much, uh, like, how, how different the Seattle pass defense was and how big of an impact he had uh, consistently for the Seahawks last year. There was talks before he got the deal. If he was franchised, he would try and get the linebacker tag instead of the safety tag because he played more steps at linebacker. I agree with you, though, about him not doing much for the Seattle pass defense. I'm not sure if he just didn't know the system as well or what was going on, because I don't think he played that well last season. I was pretty underwhelmed. I think before last season, he was one of the two best safeties in football. But I think we've seen you don't need to pay safeties anymore. These guys aren't getting big contracts. He got what double what anyone else did this year. Like the biggest safety contract was like $40 million. Keanu Neal got one year, 5 million. I don't think I would have given him this money, but you traded two first round picks. So you had to, but I don't think I would pay a safety anymore. I would just let him go and figure something out later. Remember John Johnson. I think I predicted John Johnson getting like five for 60 or five for 70. And he did not get anywhere close to that. I do recall that. I knew this season contracts would be down in the whole league. So I went much lower than you did for most of the deals. So I figured COVID would screw things up. But the safety deals were even lower than I thought it would be. I was off by a whole bunch. I think I had John Johnson getting like 50 million or 40 million. And he got like 20 or 10. Did he even get that? He went to Cleveland, right? He got like very little money. Very little. I don't think he got 10 per year. I, I would wait. I would... How much better is Jamal Adams than John Johnson? Like, I don't think he's that much better. I would probably not pay Jamal Adams, but I wouldn't have traded two first round picks for Jamal Adams either. So Seattle was screwed, but this is a lot of money for a guy who did not improve your defense last season. In fairness to John, sorry, in fairness to Seattle trading away the two picks, they probably would have wasted them anyway. So why not just give them to the Jets? Are you saying Rashad Penny was a wasted pick? How dare you? He is the he is their number three running back this year, sir. How dare you? <laughs> wasn't the wasn't the best. I'm looking up John Johnson's contract. I was wrong. Uh, he got a three year, thirty three million dollar contract, so he's getting a little over ten million dollars per year. Still, a three year. I'd rather. I'd much rather have him at three for thirty three than four for seventy. He isn't doubly good as like he's not double worth double the money. All right. But that's interesting. How how quick before they 
they regret that contract. It's got two years of guarantee. So I guess two years in the third year, he's cut probably. I just. He got 38 mil guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. Good for him, man. I like players getting paid. I like them resetting the market. I just, if I was the owner, I wouldn't have done it, but I'm happy he got paid. Good for him. But wow, that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot. <laughs> Let's move on to our division breakdown. Webb, it is time for the NFC South to get under the microscope by us. This division. I was very surprised by what I where I landed on some of these teams. I was very high on a team I did not think I was going to be high on. I was very low on a team that I did not think was going to be so low. Uh, there was a team quarterbacked by the actual devil this season in this division, which is interesting. It's a new one for us, I think. El Diablo, I think they call him in Tampa. But Webb, did you have fun breaking this division down? Did it any surprises, anything you did not think you were going to see? I don't want to give too much away. But just broad I, strokes. Did you? Did you? Were you surprised by anything here? To be honest, okay. So I have a hunch as to where you're going with this. I think I know the team that fell below your expectations. Um, but yeah, we can get into it later. I had a team that I thought was going to be better, but when I looked at it, I was like, no, I think they're not as good as I expected them to be. So, and I think that's a different team than you're speaking about. I can't wait, man. It's gonna be fun. This is gonna be really fun. I'm looking forward to this. I enjoy these. Let's start with the 2020 records of all these teams last season. New Orleans won the division at 12 and four. Tampa Bay got a wild card at 11 and five. It ended up winning the Super Bowl. Carolina, Carolina went five and 11 last season and Atlanta went four and 12. We're going to start with Atlanta in alphabetical order as we do. I think the story of their offseason is if they should move on from Matt Ryan or keep him. Keep Matt Ryan, keep Julio Jones or move on to Justin Fields. Instead, they treated Julio Jones, kept Matt Ryan, did just, they garbage this whole thing up. What did you think was the story of their offseason web? I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, what were they going to do with that number four pick? That was the big mystery, right? Were they going to use it, like you said, on Justin Fields? Or were they going to take the consensus uh, offensive weapon skill position uh Kyle Pitts so uh, I think you're right that was the big um the big news there and I didn't like their offseason much okay we're gonna get to that in one second they had they fired their head coach last year they have a new head coach they got Arthur Smith the former coordinator of Tennessee their offensive coordinator is Dave Ragone and their defensive coordinator is Dean Pease longtime Baltimore assistant do you like this coaching staff eh, don't care for it not going to lie. Don't think it's any stronger than the previous regime. I like Dean Pease. I think he's a very good coordinator. I have no problem with the defense. The defensive challenge is bad, but I think he's a good piece. Arthur Smith dominated with the run game in Tennessee with Derrick Henry. Their running back situation is terrible in Atlanta right now. So I have no idea how he's going to build this or what his plan is. It's very interesting to me. Little side note. Do you know who Arthur Smith's father is? No idea, no. He is the CEO and starter and founder of FedEx. Interesting tidbit. Yeah, a little fun note there for you. Hopefully with... he can run a successful team like his dad runs a successful uh, business. I think he will get delivered out of the playoffs first round. Overnight, <laughs> for sure. Express? 100% express. <laughs> in the draft, in the first round, fourth overall, they took Kyle Pitts, tight end from Florida. In the second round, they got Richie Grant, a safety, who I really liked. And in the third round, they got Jalen Mayfield, a tackle from Michigan, 
who to say had different draft grades would be an understatement. Some had him as a top 15 pick. He fell to the third round because of he had one of the worst combine and workout situations I can remember in like 10 years. So not a great start there. Webb, did you like their draft? So here's the thing. I actually liked Atlanta's draft. Um, I know I said earlier I wasn't a fan of their offseason, but I actually didn't mind their draft. So I liked it. Um, I grew to like the Kyle Pitts pick. Initially, I thought it was a mistake simply because there were so many holes on this team to fill that drafting this tight end who may be generational um, just wasn't going to address the, the the real needs that they had. So I love Kyle Pitts coming out. I thought he was amazing. I think Trevor Lawrence and him were the two best players in this class. I get why Atlanta took him. If you keep Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Trading away Julio and have this whole thing just seems stupid to me. I don't like what they did. I like the player. I do not like the fit or the not so much the fit because with Matt Ryan, it could be good. It's just the whole what the team is building. I don't understand it. If you're going all in on Matt Ryan for two years, then keep Julio Jones. It seems like a stupid plan to me. See, for me, I actually grew to like the Kyle Pitts trade more. Sorry, the Kyle Pitts selection more because they traded Julio Jones. I'm not saying I liked them trading Julio Jones, but I just think they can feed and develop Kyle Pitts more without Julio's shadow there, or sorry, without him living in Julio's shadow. Um, And I think he's going to be a monster in that system. So I actually liked it better with Julio gone, Um, but it's weird. I'm not saying they should have traded Julio or that I like trading Julio. I just think the he fits a little more now. I can't believe you think Julio Jones sucks. Wow, that is shocking to me. But I guess we're used to Webb's hot takes on this show, so good for you, I guess. I, I love Julio. I think it's not, it's not yeah. what I heard. It's not what I heard. <laughs> I think in a vacuum, Julio is a top three, well, top four probably at this point, uh receiver, uh, with the skills, the height, and all that stuff. But he gets hurt a lot, he just doesn't find the red zone. Um, at least to score uh, much. And I I think his best days are behind him. Exactly. Let's move on to their free agent moves that you did not like. They got Mike Davis, the running back, two years, five and a half million from Carolina. They got receiver slash running back, Cordero Patterson, one year, three million from Chicago. They got safety, Eric Harris, one year, 1.3 million from Vegas. I love Mike Davis, by the way. I think he's actually a really good player. This is a steal for him. Do you like these moves, Webb? Atlanta was really bad. Uh, their running game was trash. They got Todd Gurley, who was one of the, had one of the best seasons for a running back, uh, you know, probably this uh, century, years ago, but not in Atlanta. Um, and they have holes on the offensive line. They have, uh, you know, I think a great receiver in Calvin Ridley, but then they have Russell Gage and they don't have much else in the receiving core. I just think there's so many holes they could have filled. It's great that they got Mike James, but I'm sorry, Mike Davis, sorry. Um, But there's so many holes that they can fill. Like, I just think they didn't do enough in free agency. So I don't hate the Mike Davis signing. I thought it was for great money. He had a good half of a season in Carolina, but I don't know what the hell this team's doing, man. I agree because they had some big losses as well. Some really big losses. They traded Julio Jones to Tennessee. 
which was interesting move. They lost their center, Alex Mack, to San Francisco, three years, 14.8 million. They lost the highest paid player in Webb's mind, Keanu Neal, to Dallas for one year, 4 million. They lost a guard, Justin McCray, to Houston, two years, 4 million. They lost free safety, Ricardo Allen, to Cincinnati, one year, 1.5 million. I think the Alex Mack uh, loss. When I first heard it, I was like, that seems like oh, good for that. Good for Atlanta. That's not, he's not good anymore. But Kyle Shanahan is the best, best run game planner in the league. And if he thinks Alex Mack can still play, I tend to believe him. He's their starter. So I really think that Atlanta is going to look stupid in like three and a half weeks when San Fran's running for 245 yards. So I do not like what they did this offseason. I think it was stupid. I get not paying Keanu Neal. But to let him leave for one year, four million, you couldn't offer him two for 10. Like, I don't get what they're doing here. I do not like these moves at all. So to me, Atlanta was like bad, like really bad, uh, terrible secondary. And it got even worse. The players that they had who contributed to a terrible secondary, who were actually good individual players, like he's mentioned, Keanu Neal. And, um, and even players like Darquise Dennard, who was gone, who's not a great corner, but I don't know. I just don't get what this team's doing. Alex Mack, I think, still has something in the tank. This team is bad. I'm sorry, man. They, I don't know what the hell they're doing. That's true. They've got some issues. In cap space left, they have $5.8 million, the 25th most in the league. So they don't even have a lot of money to get guys, and their team's not that good, which is interesting. What do you have as their strongest unit this season? Barely pass catchers. Barely. Although I said they're a little thin in the receivers, Kyle Pitts, fantastic. I think Calvin Ridley is really good. I think Russell Gage is solid. He's just not great. I just don't know how much they have after that. But they have a really top-heavy pass-catching core, and um, I think that's their strongest unit, in my opinion. I did not have that as their strongest unit because it's so thin. But – they weren't really deep anywhere, so I get why you did that. Mine was the offensive line. Jake Matthews is a top 10 pick. Caleb McGarry was a first-round pick. Chris Lindstrom was a first-round pick, top 15 guy. Matt Hennessy has upside. Like, I think they've put the most money into the offensive line. The most... I just... I don't love it, but I think it's their best unit, which is not great for them. Did you have a runner-up? I did not. but i see what you're saying i i don't disagree with what you're saying like you had to really search for strength uh, you know in this team and i I don't disagree with you i think they have solid individual um offensive linemen but look i'm not gonna argue with you man team sucks i I gave them a runner-up dante fowler their defensive line is okay dante fowler jr is solid brady jarrett's one of the best interior players in the league Marlon Davidson's interesting. John Kaminsky has some traits. They have some guys. It's not a great group, but they have a few guys. So it was not, it took a while of searching though. I'm not going to lie to you. It took a while to find those guys. Oh, great. Jarrett's fantastic. They have great individual players. Like Deion Jones uh, is, is also really good. Just, I don't know, man. I don't know what this team's doing. I agree. So I think you're going to have a lot of contenders for their weakest unit. What is their weakest unit this year? Uh, the backfield. Who the hell is going to be really getting the touches in this? It's bad. My, Mikey Davis, baby. Mikey Davis is going off this season. I can't wait. 
I hope so. Like Mike Davis had some good games, but then he had some mediocre games. And I don't know if it was like you bring us up all the time. Like if the game plan wasn't um, really focused on Mike Davis because last year he was filling in for McCaffrey. And then I think teams figured him out and he just sort of hit a wall. So I'm going to see if I want to see if, you know, with him as the primary ball carrier, if he's going to do well or if he's going to pull a Todd Gurley in Atlanta. The crazy thing is running back didn't even make my top two weaknesses. And it's not good there. But really, I think linebacker is worse for them. And safety. There's the one and two. Deion <laughs> Jones is good. Name one other linebacker they have. Name one. Uh, I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> Their safeties. Richie Grant is a rookie I liked. But the rest of the unit is not good. Eric Harris is mad. They got him for a million bucks. Jerron Harmon is very mediocre. TJ Green is trash. This whole, everyone on their defense is basically bad besides Crady Jarrett. Like, I do not know what they're doing here. I think there's a lot of holes in this team. It's going to be a tough year. I had the, the secondary as a runner up. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm trying to think. Like, are the Braves doing, the Braves are doing okay this year, right? Does it, is there one Atlanta team that's doing all right? The Hawks? They're Atlanta's best player towards ACL. Ooh. Yeah. And guess who has him in fantasy? <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, tough break. Uh, it's tough. It's a tough season for them. So what is your overall thoughts on this team? What do you what give me your final thoughts and their record for 2021 prediction? Okay, so this team I think is not going to be able to run the football. Maybe they'll be all right on special teams because they have Cordero Patterson, who's, you know, sneaky good. Um, I don't know how they're going to defend the pass. I'm concerned whether how they concerned about how they're going to defend the run. Like you said, they're thin at receiver. If Calvin really goes down, what the hell happens? Um, four games they win. Four and 13. Wow. No okay. improvement. They actually get worse because there's a 17th game. They lose one extra game. I think this team is abysmal. Like if they won five games, all right, whatever. But this team is bad, man. I, I just don't see why they would be better than last year. That's okay. my whole concern. My first line is this team is better than last season. <laughs> I wow. think their offense will be better this year than last year. I think they just got really unlucky in a lot of one-score games. I don't think they should have been a four-win team last year. They weren't good. I don't think they were this bad. I think they're going to be in a lot of shootouts. And Matt Ryan is a former MVP. He can win some shootouts. The pass defense is going to be terrible. I think this is basically a 500 team this year. But you can't go 500 anymore. They're going to go 8 and 9. 2021. 8 and 9. Wow. So you doubled my predicted win count for Atlanta. Like I doubled your win count for Miami. So it's going to be interesting. One of us is going to look real stupid. And the, I had them at nine and eight, but I switched it earlier today. But I just think Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, and Kyle Pitts are going to be dangerous on offense. And I think Mike Davis is good enough to not be a top 10 running back, but he's serviceable. He's good catching passes out of the backfields. I think the offense can do numbers. I really do. But 
if you are right and they go four and 13, I would not be surprised. But I think they're better than you think they are. My question is like, I so I don't disagree with you that they may be in some shootouts. Matt Ryan, the thing is, without Julio, how good did Matt Ryan look last year? That's what concerns me. Like the chemistry him and Julio have is one of the best in the league. It's like Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, maybe even better than that. So I have said this before, I for different players, I think Julio leaving might be a, a benefit to their team. And not because Julio isn't good, it's because Julio is not always healthy. So when he's not healthy, guys have to step to step up. They don't get the time in training camp as the number two, the number three. With a training camp, maybe Russell Gage knows he's the number two and plays better this year. Maybe he builds a connection with Matt Ryan. Maybe Kyle Pitts is the new Darren Waller and just dominates this year because Julio's gone. Like things could happen. I think Matt Ryan is still a top 10 quarterback, maybe even higher than that. I believe in Matt Ryan. I think they're going to do some work this year. I agree with you on Matt Ryan. And I agree that they may not be worse off on offense with Julio, without Julio. Um, uh, sorry. Another concern I had was, was keeping leads, um, holding them. So when they're oh, they up, can't do that. Yeah, they can't do that. That yeah, that worries me as well. Kind of like Dallas could have a very prolific offense, but you know, give up leads. Atlanta has to have the ball last to win a game. If, yeah. if it's yeah, they can't win a game with on defense. It's not going to happen. It's going to be interesting though. <laughs> Carolina's up next in 2020. They went five and eleven. The story of their offseason to me is they let Teddy Bridgewater go. They cut him, and they traded for Sam Darnold to be the future of the franchise. And in my notes, I actually wrote Sam Bradford down, so that's probably not a good sign for his his season. (laughs) Might be a tough year for Sammy Sammy D. What did you think was the story of their offseason? Yeah, it would have been that, too. I agree with you for both these storylines with Atlanta and Carolina. Sam Darnold coming, getting rid of Teddy Bridgewater, and... You know, the Jets getting rid of Sam Darnold uh, at a time when some would think it was somewhat early. I am the last guy on the Teddy Bridgewater bandwagon. I still think he's a good player. And I am the first guy in the Sam Darnold bandwagon. I love him. I think he's going to be really good this year. And I think their head coach, Matt Rule, offensive coordinator Joe Brady, and D coordinator Phil Snow will get things done. Do you like this coaching staff? I think it's better than Atlanta. I think it's solid. I think I think I like Matt Rule. I think it's solid. The thing about Matt Rule teams is they always take a huge jump year two. He's a culture builder. Year one is tough. Year two, they go off a diving board. They're going to have a good season. That has been his history. That was in college. In the NFL, we don't know, but we shall see. Their draft was interesting. They could have had a quarterback. They chose to take cornerback J.C. Horn in round one. In round two, they took Terrace Marshall, a wide receiver from LSU. And they had two picks in round three. They took Brady Christensen, a tackle from BYU, and Tommy Tremble, a tight end from Notre Dame. Did you like these picks? So I didn't like, I did not like the J.C. Horn pick at eight overall, but I actually liked the Terrace Marshall, Tommy Tremble uh, picks. And I also enjoyed uh, them taking Chuba Hubbard. So I thought the draft was solid and they went. To- Heavy on defense in 2020 um, and took some offensive players uh, 
in 2021. So I, I like their draft. I like Terrace Marshall a lot. Brady Christensen's kind of interesting to me. Chuba Hubbard had the most rushing yards in the Big 12 last year. So, and he's Canadian, so I like that. Tommy Treble's good. I did not like the JC Horn pick either. He was my number two corner. They took him first. He's never ha- he's never not been called for holding. It's all he does. So if he can fix that, that'd be good. But I'm I have my doubts. They did some moves in free agency though, Webb. A lot of signings. A lot of really good signings. They got guard Pat Elfline, three years, 13 and a half million from the Jets. They got tackle Cam Irving, two years, 10 million from Dallas. They got Hassan Reddick, a linebacker, pass rusher type, one year, 8 million from Arizona. I had him getting, I think, $50 million in free agency. So that's a steal. They got AJ Bouye, cornerback from Denver, two years, 7 million. And Denzel Perryman, linebacker from the Chargers, two years, $6 million. I love this free agent class. I really liked it. I think Son Reddick could be a stud in this defense. AJ Bouye was an all pro three years ago. Perryman is solid. I think it's a really good class. What did you think? But it wasn't bad. I wasn't like a huge fan of it, but I think they signed some good blue collar players like Denzel Perryman. Hassan Reddick was huge, very underrated signing. And we both thought that he was going to get a lot more money. AJ Bouye, I think he's good for depth at this point. I mean, he's he was an all pro, what, or sorry, pro bowler three years ago with, uh, with uh, Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. So it might have been, I don't know. It was, it was a while ago. It was a while back. Yeah. It was when Jacksonville was good for the listeners. So if you can remember when that was, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was solid. I can't say they had a bad off season. I think this team definitely improved its roster from last year. They did have some losses that were pretty big. They lost Curtis Samuel, a receiver three years, 34 and a half million to Washington. They lost future all pro Mike Davis, the running back two years, five and a half million to Atlanta. They lost the guard, Michael Schofield, one year, 1.1 million to Baltimore. And they lost a tight end I'd never heard of named Chris Manhurts for two years, $6.6 million to Jacksonville. Have you heard of Chris Manhurts before? Because I have no idea who this is. That name sounds fake. Right? I have. I was like, who is this? He got $6 million? I've never heard of him before. Isn't and I Michael's... watch a lot of football. <laughs> so do I. Isn't, isn't Michael Schofield the character's name in Prison Break? Yeah, his brother's going to break him out of the team like week four, I think. So they're going to. Yeah, I don't. That is crazy. But I I don't know, man. It's I think Curtis Samuel will hurt them. I think Mike Davis will hurt them if anyone gets hurt. If McCaffrey gets hurt again because he has the WBB syndrome. So I think that's possible. I would be very worried here. They do have some cap space. Twenty five million dollars. The fourth most in the league. So next season. Or this season, if guys get cut, they can make some moves. So so I do like that. Overall, draft and free agency, I think they were a win for the, for the Panthers. I like what they did. I like the moves they made. I like the position they're in. I'm a fan of this offseason. What did you think? Agree with you. Short and to the point. I like it. <laughs> I'll have more to say after. So let's get down to their strongest unit. I had a couple ideas here where they could go. I thought they had some contenders. I went with their defensive line. Brian Burns is a star. Hassan Reddick is a steal. Yeter Grossmatos was a second-round pick with gigantic upside. I think he'll be better this year with more development. Derek Brown's a monster inside. Daquan Jones and Karan Reed 
are older players, but still has some gas in the tank. I think this year it'll be really hard to run against Carolina. And it will be really like, and they're going to get some sacks. I like this unit a lot. What did you have as number one for you? Yeah, the D-line for me as well. Getting Morgan Fox, who showed great flashes for the Rams last year. Thought it was very underrated. Getting Hassan Reddick. They drafted Derek Brown, um, well, a couple years ago. Um, sorry, or was it last year? Uh, Yatir Gross Matos. Same guys that you mentioned. Brian Burns. Um, it's a solid solid line like it's, it's a very good line i should say like in terms of uh consistency and throughout very good very high floor i think it's top 10 potential maybe even higher than that so i think that was their strength i have a i have a runner-up though what was your runner-up because i have one too what was your runner i'll get you go first because i'm a gentleman so i actually think their runner i think their runner-up is uh the backfield might surprise you i am not surprised. that deep I am surprised. It's not that deep, but Christian McCaffrey is fantastic. Fantastic. And I really think that Chuba Hubbard, if that is the one-two punch that they have, when healthy, I think that can be a very dynamic backfield. That's a good call. Christian McCaffrey, when healthy, is the best all-around running back in football. But he played in two games last year. <laughs> and you hate him. I, I took him first overall in a fantasy draft. And he screwed me. I'm not going to lie to you. He screwed me real dirty. And I will hate him until the day I die. I hold fantasy grudges forever. Yep. And he's high on my list. Him and Cam Newton. (laughs) One, two, I think. (laughs) My runner-up was wide receiver, which kind of surprised me. But Robbie Anderson is a great deep threat. DJ Moore is an interesting slot player. I think he's really fast and quick and a good player. And I think Terrence Marshall is going to be a star. I love this fit in this offense. I think there are three guys that really cornerback them that really they complement themselves really well. I think every every piece fits. So I think I think it's a really good unit. So that's what I had. This team that's is funny. not perfect, not perfect at all. What is their weakest unit to you? I may have a tie here. No, no, not a tie. So I have two. First place goes to the tight ends. I think they're really weak when it comes to tight ends. I know they drafted Tommy Tremble, uh, but I don't know how he's how good he's going to be. And I, I know they sorry, I don't know how good he's going to be this year. I I, and I know they signed Dan Arnold. They also have Ian Thomas. I'm just not a fan of the tight end uh, uh, depth that they have. I think it's really thin um, and not very good, even for the best player. Ian Thomas is their number one guy. They were that, the tight end unit was my number two unit for runner up. So I agree with you. Ian Thomas has upside. He just hasn't done it yet. Tommy Trumbull has upside, but he, they're rookies. I think Ian Thomas was a fourth round pick last year or two years ago. I just, I don't know what they are. They could be terrible. They could be good. We have no idea yet. They haven't proven anything. My number one, my number one weakest unit was their interior offensive line. Their center and guards are not good. Pat Elfline was, wasn't good on the Jets. That could be a Jets thing. It's possible Sam Darnold said, hey, get this guy in here. He's really good. Trenton Scott is meh. And Matt Paradis is a center who's 34, I think. Offensive linemen in the interior rarely age well. Injuries are really common in there. I just... I have my doubts here. So I have the O-line as uh, number two. I have the entire O-line. 
Matt Paradis is 31. Really? Yeah, he's he's turning 32 this year, but yeah, he's I, only 31. I wrote down 34. Where did I get that number from? That's crazy. I okay. I believe you. <laughs> yeah, I so I, I believe you with the O-line, and, and I'm not sure how durable Sam Darnold is, so this poses problems for me, particularly with McCaffrey showing um, issues with health. Sam Donald showing issues with health. Uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of the entire O-line. Taylor Moten's good, yeah, but he's going to get some money. Yeah, but the rest. Eh. Okay, so I want you to go first with your prediction and what you think of this team's whole season prediction. What, what do you think about this team and what's their prediction for this year? Um, so this team, yeah, like I just mentioned, I think they're going to have issues, pass protection. Um, I really hope that these receivers come through for Sam Darnold so he can have like reliability if he has to scramble or if he has to, you know, if he's getting pressure in the pocket. Um, at least he has Christian McCaffrey there who can catch a lot of balls. Uh, so I think this team will be able to uh, rush the passer. Um, but I'm not that confident in this team at all. I, I look at their schedule and we don't know who's going to be good yet. So it's kind of hard to know, but I have them winning six games. I could see them winning seven. I think that would be a success, but I don't see them getting more than seven games. So I, I'm going to put them at six and 11, not because it's a bad team, but because it's an okay team or sorry, a decent team with some things to figure out. I love it. I, I love when we disagree. I love it. It's very fun for me. I was shocked by how much I like this roster top to bottom. I think they're going to have one of the best defenses in football this year. I believe in them. The offense is better than I thought it was. If this offense, if the O-line can gel together and become respectable, this team is making the playoffs. I think Sam Darnold is going to be a superstar in the league. I believe in him from the draft. I've always believed in him. I am furious the Colts traded for Carson Wentz and his terrible, terrible body. Over Sam Darnold, I'll hate that till the day I die as well. And they're going to go 11 and 6 this year. 11 what? and 6. Wow. Ele- wow. This well, is a good team. This is going to be a good team this year. 11 and 6. Talk about bold. Wow. <laughs> Woo. I believe, man, the defense is really good. They have players everywhere. The defensive line will get after you. You can't pass on these guys. Their safeties are good. Jeremy Chin's a really good safety. They have excellent Agreed. linebackers. They have players everywhere. I believe in this team. It's it's excellent. And I think you are hating a little bit right now because that is what you do. You are the king of negativity. This team is going to be in the playoffs. 11 and 6, baby. Let's go. All right. New Orleans is up next. They went 12 and 4 last season. The story of their offseason is Drew Brees retired. Or was he pushed out the door? We'll never know. But he's not there anymore. And how are they going to reset at quarterback? Is it Jameis Winston or is it Taysom Hill? What did you have as the story of their offseason? So the story for me with New Orleans was, well, things not going well for them. So Drew Brees retires. Marshawn Lattimore is going through some stuff, some legal issues. He's one of the best D-backs in the league. And... I'll get into it, their draft. So to me, it was an offseason that seemed a little atypical to the New Orleans Saints and a lot of question marks. I agree 100%. Their coaching staff stayed the same. Sean Payton still head coach. Offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael Jr. 
and D coordinator, Dennis Allen. I want to get to this draft though, because I agree with you. There was some interesting things they did there. They took Peyton Turner, defensive end from Houston at the end of round one. Some people had him round two player. They were shocked. They took him so early. They took Pete Werner, a linebacker from Ohio state in round two. They took Paulson Adobo, a cornerback from Stanford in round three. What did you think of this draft web? I thought it was not good. Sorry. I just didn't I think a lot of people scratched their heads with the first pick that the saints made. And I think some analysts were like, ah, you know, well, he, he was good. And, out of respect to the to the Saints organization, but I don't know why they made this why they made this pick. They could have had a whole host of players. Um, I'm not saying they had to take a quarterback, but they could have had a DB. They could have had a receiver. They need a receiver badly to help out Michael Thomas, who decided to get surgery very late in the offseason. Um, there's a number of things that they could have done. And I just didn't understand why they didn't do this. Um, I don't know, man. I wasn't a fan of this draft. Either was I because they have Cam Jordan, who's one of the best defensive ends in football. They traded up a first round pick to get Marcus Davenport, a defensive end as well, who has been underwhelming to say the least. But to move on from him already with a new guy to replace him in Peyton Turner does not make sense to me. Davenport was always a developmental guy. It seems like you're giving up on the development. Elijah Moore was just sitting there. Like there were guys there they could have taken that I think were better. New Orleans drafts crazy well. They took Ryan Ramchek at the end of round one. People thought he was a round three player. He's the best right tackle in football. Alvin Kamara barely played at Tennessee when he was last year of college. Third round pick. One of the best running backs in football. So they know better than I do, but I have some serious questions about why they did this. To be fair, though, I do like Paulton Adobo. If he had come out last year, I think he would have been a first-round pick. He went back to school and got hurt a little bit, so he fell to the third round. But I did not love this draft either, but I agree with you. I agree with you on the Adobo pick. It is underrated, and I think it was, you know, at that point in the draft, I'm glad that they tried to address uh, that. I just... I think that first pick, Peyton Turner, really, really threw me off. I like, I just, I just didn't get why they did that. And maybe he's a fantastic player, and he's one of the best, best uh, pass rushers in this in this class. But I really think they could have done with another weapon um, for Jameis Winston slash Taysom Hill. I, I just don't get it. Didn't like it. I agree. So. The, the Saints have zero dollars, basically. They are in cap hell every year. They do some of the craziest cap gymnastics in the league. So they didn't have much money this year, and they lost a lot of guys. They made a couple signings. They got tight end Nick Vanette, three years, $8 million from Denver. They got J.R. Sweezy, a guard, $1 million from Arizona. They signed cornerback Brian Poole, $1.1 million for one year from the Jets. And they re-signed Jameis, Quan Alexander, P.J. Williams, and Ken Crawley. So they cast some of their own guys. Do you like these signings? I don't mind Jarrah Sweezy. Like, he's been in the league a long time. He's obviously solid locker room presence and, and on the on the O-line. But Penny has a cool name. But I just, I think the Saints lost quite a bit. Um, I don't know, man. And that draft did not help. So, no, I don't care for these signings, to answer your question. I like keeping Quan Alexander, P.J. Williams. 
Jameis makes some sense, but I agree. I think they very they underwhelmed me for sure. And we get to their losses. They were some gigantic losses on this team. They lost the uh, defensive end Trey Hendrickson to Cincy, four years, $60 million. They lost Janoris Jenkins to Tennessee, a cornerback, two years, $15 million. Tackle, the t- defensive tackle Sheldon Rankins to the Jets for two years, $11 million. They lost their number two receiver, Emmanuel Sanders, to Buffalo, one year, $6 million. They lost Jared Cook, the best tight end in football history, to the Chargers for one year, $4.5 million. And they lost Justin Hardy, a cornerback, to the Jets for three years, $6.5 million. I think they're going to have some issues here. We, You and I both thought Trey Hendrickson got overpaid a lot. But I think he had 12 sacks for them last year. Those are some numbers. Sheldon Rankins was a first-round pick. He is a really good player. Janoris Jenkins is older, but he can still play. I think this team is going to miss a lot of these guys. And I have some questions with how they fill these holes. I agree with you. And this offense is going to be questionable. Like, Avin Kamara, we know, what he, we know what he is. Like, he's elite, fantastic. Um, but I just wonder about the rest of this team. Really, really concerned on the offense, offensive side, at least. I'm concerned everywhere. I have some doubts. They have some cap space somehow. They have $12.4 million, the 13th most in the league. So if guys get cut, they can still make some moves, but we'll see. Uh, before we get to the strongest unit, I do want to mention something that you kind of brought up earlier. Marshawn Lattimore is arguably the best arguably the best cornerback in football. He was arrested on some charges this year. That seemed quite serious. I don't want to get into that, but do you think he plays this whole season? Because I have some doubts about whether he's there for the whole year. Based on the history of the league's like personal conduct policy and all that all that stuff that the league does in terms of hang, handing out fines and suspensions and stuff, I don't think they really play around with that stuff. So, no, I don't think he does. It's been kind of quiet for a while. Haven't heard much recently. So you and I, the day, I, I specifically remember what happened. He got arrested and you texted me, his season's over. And then I was like, nah, maybe not. And then I saw what happened. I was like, yeah, his season's over. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, 100%, he's gone. I think as a little more information came out, it could be possible that it, the thing wasn't his. So maybe he gets less games, but... He was still in the car, so maybe it's six games instead of the full season. But it was a serious charge, and they have not suspended him yet. So maybe that's a good thing for him. But I would be shocked if he played all 17 games this year without a suspension. Me too. Now, get, let's get into the actual guys that will be playing this year. Their strongest unit was a runaway for me. I have it as their offensive line. I think it's one of the best three in football. Teron Armstead and Ryan Amchek are the two best tackles in the league, left and right like combination. Andrus Pete's an all-pro all at left guard. Tazai Ruiz was the first-round pick last year. Eric McCoy was an early second-round pick. I think this is an outstanding unit. Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill will be able to run the hell out of the ball. I like this unit a lot. Did you agree with me? It's their strongest unit. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And I think they have uh, – sorry, I have a – a couple other um, runners up. What is your first runner up? Uh, the D line. Very good pick. He, very, very solid. You mentioned the players already. Cam Jordan, elite. Uh, Marcus Davenport, I thought was solid. You say he's still a, a project, and I, I think I agree with you. Um, and uh, David Onyemata, who's really good. I, I think this is a really good team. Uh, uh, you know, they're going to miss Sheldon Rankins, but I think this is a, a solid team. Shy Tuttle, solid. Um, it's a really good line. 
Good pick. Good pick. My runner up was safety. Marcus Williams is great. Malcolm Jenkins can still play. Chauncey Gardner Johnson can play slot corner for them. And he is excellent at that. And he is the best at getting players angry in the league. I think he's got punched like seven times last year. Like guys just keep wanting to hit him. So I think he's doing something right. I really like that guy. I think I remember that. It happened a bunch. Like seven might be an exaggeration, but it was for sure more than three. It's consistent. Enough to notice it. I like those guys, man. If people get mad, it means you're doing something right. It's a good job. Uh, I think we're going to agree on their weakest unit, by the way. I, I had I had another strength. Oh, this. sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Third, like a second runner up. Um, running backs. The backfield. I think it's, yeah. I think it's really good. Latavius Murray is great. Alvin yeah. Kamara is great. Yeah, I agree with you. They're, great. They're a really strong unit there. And Dwayne Washington's not bad. I think it's really good. Is he going to play? Devontae Freeman. They have Freeman? Yeah. Oh, they signed him a few days ago. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. That is a good unit. Yeah. They have, they have some depth. That's good. They have the best running back in football, Taysom Hill as well. So. Oh, yeah. Worst <laughs> quarterback, best running back. <laughs> I think he threw a pick last week. That's all he does. Yeah. I've never seen a guy throw so many interceptions and people are like, no, he's good, though. Like, he's yeah. not good. <laughs> Although I will defend Jameis Winston his interception throwing ass my whole life, so <laughs> I can't really talk. Uh, what is your weakest unit? I think I think we're going to agree here, though. I'd be shocked if we didn't agree on this one. I have two. Okay, I just had one big one. So what's yours? Receiving core. Mine was the receiving core as well. It's Michael Thomas is a huge question mark. Is he going to play this year? Yeah. Does he seem to care? He didn't have off-season surgery. Sean Payton came out and said, we wanted him to do this four months ago, and he didn't do it. So the recovery is not going well. Uh, a few days ago, they said they, they squashed the problem. I sat down and figured it out. Figured what out? The surgery didn't happen. So there's an... <laughs> like, what did you figure out? I don't understand this. I figured don't out how they're going to trade him. Who would trade for him? I don't know, man. This guy barely played last week pissed me off on one of my fantasy rosters. I drafted him in the first round. Barely played. He might have played three games. Maybe. One more than CMC. Uh, (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Michael Thomas, when he plays, is great. But I was with Drew Brees, and they don't have Drew Brees in this roster. Traquan Smith, people seem to think he's good. I have my doubts. Is he good? When Michael Thomas wasn't there, he was very underwhelming. He had one good game in his career. One. Uh, They got Chris Hogan, who just came from the lacrosse league. So that's always a win. (laughs) And now he kind of has to play for you. Like They have some issues here that I do not like. Yeah. Yeah. What is your next runner-up for worst unit? The quarterback. Honestly, man. I I'm will not sorry. have any Jameis Winston splitter on this podcast, right? I will not stand for it. <laughs> and I don't think Jameis Winston is bad. I just don't know what, if you know what you're getting game to game. And then with the Taysom Hill, I don't know, Coop, like not a lot of confidence game to game with those two. Jameis Winston, you are getting an entertaining game. That's what you're getting. You are getting four touchdowns, 500 yards, and seven picks. And yeah. you have no idea where the ball is going, and I cannot <laughs> wait for it, okay? 
I love Jameis so much. I don't care. He's going to be slinging it. It's going to be fun. Who do you think is their starting quarterback next year? Is it Jameis or Taysom? Who wins the job? Right now is an open competition. Who wins it? Because Taysom Hill won it last year when Drew Brees got hurt. I I think Sean Payton is infatuated with Taysom Hill, so I think he starts the season as the quarterback. I hope to God he does not do that. Let Jameis Winston be the quarterback. Like it is so insulting that you sign. If Jameis Winston signed there last year to be the backup, and they chose a running back over you as the starter, and then you re-signed there this offseason and they did it again. I have to question you, Jameis Winston. Do you want to play football anymore? But I don't know what point, he's doing. It shouldn't be an open open competition. It should not be. It should not be. <laughs> It should not be an open competition at this point. That is a fair point. That that means Jameis Winston is not winning this competition. And uh, it's going to be a tough year, Webb. What yeah. is your prediction for this season? So eight and nine for the Saints. And this is a team that I think that you were down on when I said in the beginning of the, of the podcast, I had a hunch that I um, knew who you were referring to when you said you were disappointed or what expectations fell short. And I think it's the Saints. Healthy, I think this team could win 10 games. But I think there are some storylines going into this season with Michael Thomas, and the Marshawn Lattimore thing does not give me comfort. Jason, Jason, Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, that QB controversy is one of the worst ever. And... I just, that makes me so angry that you called it a QB controversy. And I was like, God damn, he's right. It makes me so mad. I think the only thing that can keep this, um, this very delicate, very fragile uh, season for the Saints together is the defense. And I just don't trust the secondary with Lattimore gone as much. I just, I don't like it, man. I have them at eight and nine. I have them having a down season this year. They're going to go six and 11. Ooh. I do not know who the quarterback is. And that's a big issue two weeks into camp. And they gave Taysom Hill a big contract, but they didn't really. It's all these voidable years to play salary cap ninja stuff. But I don't get why they have Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. They do two totally different things. Taysom Hill can't run your Jameis offense. Jameis can't run your Taysom Hill offense. I don't like the idea of having two quarterbacks. When you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. I think this is going to be an issue. I think they should give the job to one of them and move on. Either have Jameis be a pocket passer or basically uh, play the Miami Dolphins offense of like 10 years ago. The wing, the wing, whatever it was called. Wildcat. Yeah, play the Wildcat with, with Taysom Hill. Just do that. That could be interesting. I don't think you win many games, but at least it's something. Like, I never understand when you have, like, having Lamar Jackson as your quarterback, it would make no sense to me to have Jameis Winston be his backup. Have a guy who can do things like Lamar Jackson can do. And they have a guy, Trace McSorley. He's not a very good quarterback, but he's kind of mobile. Interesting guy. Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston could not be more different. They don't fit together. They don't do the same thing at all, besides turn the ball over. They're both great at that. But I want Jameis Winston to succeed so badly, and I don't think it's going to happen this year. I remember last year, I was like, he got LASIK. This is his year. Did not play at all. 
I just, I think this team is going to be a dumpster fire. I think Michael Thomas plays five games. I think Marshawn Lattimore plays like seven games. I think this is going to be bad. And out, you said their defense has to, has to hold them. I think the running game has to hold them. I think Alvin Kamara needs to go for like 2,500 yards this year for them to have a chance. And if they have, if they have Taysom Hill as the starter, Alvin Kamara gets less carries. So I think it's even stupider to have him play football. Like, I just do not like this whole situation. Six and 11. Boom. Lock it in. Wow. You were a little bit more uh, adamant than I was that this season is going to be a down season for the Saints. I can see them having a winning season, but like you said, it has to be based on Kamara. And I think the defense, they have a good enough offensive line that Kamara can run all over teams. So I just don't know who Jameis Winston's going to. Jameis Winston's going to pass to because Michael Thomas is not going to play many games this year, as you said. It'd be really interesting, man. I'm looking forward to seeing it. And I don't like killing these teams. I don't like it because I, I like Jameis Winston. I want him to be successful. I just think it's going to be a terrible year. Now, let's move on to Tampa Bay. Uh, they, they went 11-5 and five last year. And then won a Super Bowl, whatever. Uh, they won the Super Bowl. They went on a crazy run. Very impressive. Uh, Webb and I predicted if they won the NFC championship game, they would win the Super Bowl because Tom Brady is the devil. And we were correct. And I hate myself for believing in him. I think the story of their offseason is they ran it back. They got everyone to re-sign. Everybody. Uh, they, I think they're returning 21 of 22 starters, which is crazy. Yeah. They're trying to repeat. I think that is their story of the offseason. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, like this team looks like it's built to last even after Brady. So I don't know, man. This is a great run organization, great coaching staff. Sorry, I kind of did my little spoiler alert, but I don't know, man. I was I was pissed off after I re- reviewed this team. But I agree with you about their coaching staff. I think it is the best staff top to bottom in the league. I, their head coach is Bruce Arians. Offensive coordinator is Byron Lefwich. Defensive coordinator is Todd Bowles. Lefwich calls the plays on offense. Todd Bowles runs that defense completely. Bruce Arians kind of has the game plan and the attitude. I love these coaches. I think Byron Lefwich should be a head coach after this year. I think Todd Bowles, it's really hard for defensive coaches to get head, jo- head coaching jobs now. But if anyone deserves one, he does. The Jets is a terrible franchise. I think he could do great work somewhere else. I, I love this coaching staff. Not to mention Jason Light in the, you know, as an executive, like just run very well from top to bottom, as you said. Unfortunately, he spent a, a second round pick on a kicker that cut, got cut the next year. Okay, let's calm it down with Jason Light praise, all right? I mean, I'm just kidding. He's great. I'm just kidding. He's great. But oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to knock him now. Like, I agree. Uh, the draft was interesting for them. They have no real holes. They took Joe Try on an edge player from Washington who did not play last year because of COVID in round one. And in round two, they took Kyle Trask, the quarterback from Florida. Kind of guy who plays like Brady, not mobile, stand in the pocket, big arm. So I get what they did in the draft. Tryon is a high upside player, really, really low floor. I think Trask is a pretty solid backup quarterback for them to have. So I like what they did in the draft. What did you think of their draft? I don't think there was much Tampa could have done to make me hate their draft because they have such a solid team. 
they are probably top two, maybe top three team in terms of depth, probably top team in terms of depth, to be honest. So there wasn't much they could do to make me think that they didn't have a, a decent draft. Like there, there weren't many holes to fill. So I like the Kyle Trask pick. I like the Joe Tryon pick. I like Grant Stewart. Uh, just a lot of depth and some hidden gems, I think, that they can, they can have. Jalen Darden, another weapon on offense for them. Um, in the fourth round, they took him. So I don't know. I agree. Good picks. I agree. Tampa Bay did a good job in the drafts. Uh, for free agency, they basically signed everyone back. There was almost no outside players. They got everyone back. I cannot remember a Super Bowl contender having this like this again. Sue back. Gronk back. Leonard Fournette back. Antonio Brown back. All on one-year deals. Like I've, I've never seen this. They got everyone back. It was really impressive. Uh, great free agency work by them. Yeah, crazy. Crazy, unprecedented. And they didn't really have any losses. They lost Joe Haig, a backup tackle, to Pittsburgh two years, four and a half million dollars. And cornerback Ryan Smith to the Chargers for one year, one and a half million. Not big time players for them, so no real loss there. Uh, This is, to me, the best roster in football, top to bottom. I I think it is. Yeah, there's not much I can say. I agree. Yeah. What is their strongest unit in your mind? What isn't their strongest unit? Uh, I have so many. Um, if I had to choose like a 1AA top by an inch, I'd say the receivers. Um, but I have like several others. The receivers just because like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin alone, I think would be fantastic duo. But to have Antonio Brown as the third banana, that's just stupid and unfair. They are my number one as well. Uh, Scotty Miller is a really good player as well as a number four. You're and right. Tyler Johnson is a solid player too. Like this, this whole unit is amazing. He is. Yeah, you're right. Like I just, if any of them get hurt, I'm not worried. Like the next guy is stepping up. will be good. Uh, my runner up. Cause I had receiver as well. Was their defensive line because they're all killers. JPP and Shaq Barrett. Amazing past the rushers. Vita Vey and Sue on the inside. Uh, Vita Vey might be the best run stuffer in football. Sue can kind of do everything. And they drafted Joe Tryon in the first round to be like their fill-in rush guy. Like, this is crazy how good this defensive line is. It's the reason they won the Super Bowl. They destroyed Patrick Mahomes. Like, this is an amazing unit. I agree. I had them as my second runner-up. But everything you said makes complete sense vicious complimentary D line. Like it's, it's scary to be honest. Um, and, and the guys on the edge, of course, uh, I had the O line as my runner up. Um, Cause I think they're just, they're fantastic, man. Like this is crazy. I'm not saying it's the best O line in the league, but it's pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Donovan Smith on the, on, on the left, Tristan Wirfs, who's in his second season. Ali Marpet, who's one of the best uh, guards in the league. Uh, Ryan Jensen uh, was solid. This is a very good O-line, man. Um, and they, they're going to protect Brady throughout this entire year. Uh, Tristan, Tristan Wirth was the all-pro at right tackle this year as a rookie. I think he was the number one right tackle in football last year as Scary. a rookie. Uh, they did not make my unit as the one-two because just everyone else is strong. The score, I think, came out with offensive line rankings today, and they had Tampa Bay as number one. So, okay, 
crazy good unit. Like I think they're yeah. just so strong everywhere. I had one. Are there... Oh, go ahead. Did, did you have another one? I did not. I did too. But I stick to the rules. But go ahead. <laughs> I think their linebackers are my third runner-up. Levante David is a stud. He's fantastic. Devin White is really good. His team has very few holes. I agree. It's crazy. Uh, their weakest unit to me isn't a weak unit. I had as their cornerbacks, but they're good players. They're just not as good as everywhere else. Like Carlton Davis is good. Sean Bunting is good. Jamal Dean is solid. Like this team doesn't have weaknesses, but that is their, I think, weakest unit. But I think it's actually a good unit. So take, like, I'm not disrespecting them at all. Did you have a different weakest unit in your mind for them? I did. And sort of the same reasoning that you had, I had it as their backfield simply because I think this offensive line makes it look a lot better than it really is. The individual guys that they have, Ronald Jones, uh, Leonard Fournette, they're decent. They signed Gio Bernard. Um, they're decent. I just don't think it's that strong, but I think on Tampa, because of all the, the threat on offense with the receiving core, and the offensive line being what it is, I think it, it looks a lot better than it is. Uh, playoff Lenny was out of this world good last season. If they get Leonard Fournette from last year again, it's amazing. Like, this team is so stupid. It makes me physically angry. Like, I want to throw up. It's so good. It makes no sense. It, can you remember a team this stacked from top to bottom, like, recently? No. It's usually one side of the team carries the other. Uh, Peyton Manning's Denver team, I think, was really good. Yeah, but he was so bad later on. No, the first year when he got there. Oh, okay, second, right, right. It was a really good defense. The defense got better, actually, so you're right. No, there's no team like this, because Peyton's yeah. defense got better when the offense got worse. So, no. And he he didn't have the receiving core that Brady has. No, he did not. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is the best roster in football. By, I think by far. There's no real weaknesses. Tom Brady is going to be 44 this year, I think. So he had a torn MCL in the Super Bowl, and he still won the Super Bowl and played well in that game. He allegedly had a torn MCL. I'm not 100% sure on that one either. That sounds like something made it up, maybe. But <laughs> So it, it's just possible that he's indestructible at this point because it doesn't make any sense. But at 44, if an injury happens this team could go downhill pretty quickly, but I don't suspect an injury is coming. Yeah. I mean, Kyle Trask versus Brady obviously is a huge drop-off. I think you're right, but if you can get through to Brady, that's that's good on you. But you can't get to him. That's the, like, you can't get to him. It's, it's ridiculous. But Webb, what is your prediction for this team? How do they finish the year? Okay, so one of, an issue I could see them having is the pacing throughout the season and health that you talked about. So are they going to try and... Are they going to be that good that they're just like stomping teams and running through teams? Or are they going to pace themselves a little bit, you know, not kill themselves to have a a fantastic record, you know, just enough to get the buy in the NFC? Or do they want, you know, do they want to just go balls to the wall and just kill it? Anyway, my long-winded way of saying... So I can see this team going 17-0, but... I have them going 15 and two simply because I think a team, one or two teams are going to surprise us. Did have you looked at Tampa's schedule? I know it's, I know we don't know who's going to be good, but have you looked at the schedule? 
I did. Did you see who they have after the bye week? Uh, I do not recall. Who is it? So I'm looking at the schedule, schedule after the bye week. So this is week 10. They're at Washington, home for New York, at Indy, at Atlanta, home for Buffalo, home for the New Orleans Saints, at Carolina, at New York, and then home for Carolina. It's a pretty good schedule. It's pretty good there. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, 15 and 2. I could honestly see them doing that because I agree with you. That's not a very hard schedule. I said 13 and 4 because I think what you said first about pacing themselves, taking a couple games off here and there, I think they're likely to do that with some of their players. I just, I don't see this. This team got hot late last year. The middle of the year, they kind of took it slow. And then in December and January, they took off. I think that's how this team is going to be built. I think Gronk will play almost nothing until December. Then they'll knock up the rest of his tires. I just think this team is built for January. So I think 13 and four, get the one or two seed and go on a run. That's my, I think they're going to take some games off. I think they probably could go 16 and one, like you said, 15 and two, but I think they're going to rest them. Their older team takes some time off, but I I think 13 and four is the floor. I don't think they do worse than this. I think you're right when it comes to the floor. And I can see that just, you know, in terms of what you said as well, like eight, no, maybe they rest somebody who has like a nagging, a nagging uh, injury. Uh, Antonio Brown's not the youngest guy and he's been beaten up. Mike Evans can't really stay healthy. He's always banged up. Chris Godwin missed games last year, I believe. Um, so yeah, so we'll see what happens. Like it's going to be interesting. I think if they go twelve and five, it's going to be surprising to me, or or worse. But they're definitely making the playoffs. And I don't know, man. This is, I was I I was a little infuriated when I saw the the schedule to end the season, the second half of their season. They are the heavy favorite. I agree. It's infuriating. Although Bruce Arians is my favorite coach in football. I want Byron left to get a good job. So I'm rooting for this team to do well because I like those two guys so much. But let's go over the division record in order. I have Tampa Bay winning it at 13 and four. I have Carolina in second at 11 and six. I have Atlanta in third at eight and nine. And then New Orleans at fourth at six and 11. What do you have, Webb? This is a very top heavy division. Tampa, number one at 15 and two. Um, the New Orleans Saints, eight and nine, second in the division. Uh, Carolina Panthers, I have at six and 11, third in the division. And Atlanta Falcons, four and 13, last in the division again. I think this is the most we've disagreed on a pod before. We have some huge swings there. We have like what, five game difference on Carolina and four in Atlanta? One of us is going to look really stupid in three months. I'm not saying it's going to be you, but it's definitely going to be you. <laughs> interesting. Like, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. It's football, anyway. so I'm probably wrong, and this is the best division ever. <laughs> Honestly, it could go either way. But the thing with football is that every year, someone that was bad last year becomes good, and someone good becomes bad. I think New Orleans is that good team that becomes bad, and Carolina is that bad team that becomes good. That is my theory there. But it's definitely possible Carolina goes 6-11 and 11 and New Orleans goes 11-6. and six. And I have this totally backwards. That is for sure possible. Is it possible that Tampa goes 11-6 and six at all? No, no. 
because I think if Brady gets hurt and misses a bunch of time, they're going to do worse because Kyle Trask is a rookie. I think they have Blaine Gabbard as their backup right now. So, you know what? They could go at 11 and 6 with Blaine Gabbard. They probably could. He's good enough where they could do they could survive. So, it's infuriating. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday with the AFC South. It is my turn in the chamber. I'm not looking forward to that. Please follow us on Twitter at Rookie Phenoms. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast. We really appreciate it. Anything to add to add before we get out of here? I was going to ask you for a bold prediction, but you made that already with Carolina. So, Sorry. I will do that right now. I, I have one. Sorry. I, I totally forgot about that. I'm very sorry. My bold prediction is Mike Davis is a top five running back in fantasy football this year. No, sorry. Top seven. He's a top wow. seven running back in fantasy football this year. He is going to be an all-star. He is really good. I think Carolina's offensive line last year was not great. I think Atlanta has a much better line. I think they're going to have a lot of swing passes to him. I think he's going to dominate. I think he has a really good year. He's going to be, I think he is the best running back in this division, maybe, because I don't trust Christian McCaffrey to stay healthy. So yeah, Mike Davis has a huge year this year. What is your bold prediction, Webb? Sorry. Really tough. I wanted to say that uh, I really don't know. This is really tough. I wanted to say it was your idea. Yeah, I didn't. I I didn't think of one. I wanted to say that. Okay, this this is my real bold prediction, but it wouldn't make sense because I just looked at the contract. So I want to say that Sean Payton and the and the Saints part ways, but he just signed a, a he signed a, a five year extension a couple of years ago. So that's not going to happen. Um, so I think what I will say is the most impressive pass catcher in this division, Kyle Pitts. That's a good one. That is a good one because there's some superstars in this division. Yeah. I like that one. That's a good pick. What round will you be drafting him in fantasy this year? Well, unfortunately, I'm not going to be playing fantasy football this year. So you 100% will be playing fantasy. Oh, man. Where would I draft Kyle Pitts? Uh, I don't know. Third round? He's going in the fifth right now. So third round pick is early. Late, huh? Yeah. Well, I was going to say fourth, but okay. Fourth then. I'll take him in the fourth. And not feel too stupid. So you have him as like the fourth tight end in football this year. Well, who else is there? There's Kelsey. No. There's Kels. Kels, right. <laughs> There's George um, Kittle. George Kittle and Darren Waller. He's the fourth guy. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. Probably not. Wow. That is yeah. bold. That is a bold prediction. I like that. That's good. That is fun right there. Okay. So we both have pretty crazy things. Mike Davis is the best fantasy running back, and you have Kyle Pitts as the best receiving player in this. Wow. All in an Atlanta. One of us is going to look real stupid. <laughs> I took Atlanta in our, in our uh, draft pool last year, and I regretted it so hard. I forgot we did that. We should definitely do that again because it was really fun. <laughs> some, we had some heated conversations with that. I thought we were going to break up, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Evan, for listening. Have a great night. We out.